Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Benny and Chris Talk Sports. I am Chris. I am Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Coming at you a little bit later today, but it is still Wednesday, so we're releasing on the same day, just, you know, as we said, schedules. Schedules are going to cause us to be, you know, a little bit different times here and there, but we're, we're trying our best. The dog very much agrees. We're trying our best to maintain consistency, but we hope you guys understand. Um... Good show, quite a few topics, uh, mostly football. We're going to start off with baseball and, of course, the great Rob Manfred. Um, but uh, we don't have our division list. Uh, we said last episode we were going to do a breakdown of current division leaders and uh, where we think they're going to end up if someone is going to end up usurping them and taking over the division by the end of the season. We will have that for you next week. Just a lot, a lot going on this week. Didn't quite get a chance to do that. We wanted to. We didn't want to half-ass it. We wanted to give you guys a legitimate list, well thought out. So, uh, Plus, I know there's some there's some interesting talking points. There uh, is that there has is. happened. So you know, I I agree with you on. Uh, you know, we wanted to be, be thorough. Um, the baseball will be there because we're not even at the trading deadline yet. But these these are some interesting topics that I think we're going to dig into. Um, that really kind of hit home in some of the sports and, and, and need to be talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to start off with everyone's favorite commissioner, Rob Manfred. Uh, whew, this guy does it again. I, I just, I mean, if you want a blueprint for how to not run a league and how to not get the respect of your players, just follow whatever Rob Manfred has done from the moment he stepped into that role, and you'll be golden. This guy, I've said it before, this guy would have to improve at his job just to suck. Uh, it, 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 he's announced with all the accusations and speculation that a lot of the pitchers have been using substances to help them grip the ball, that any pitcher found with any kind of substance on them while pitching that could help them grip the ball will receive a 10-game suspension. This is the same guy, however, mind you, that has actual video proof and evidence of the Houston Astros cheating over a number of years, and nothing happened. No one got suspended. Which is just, you know, someone in the Astros organization has mega dirt on Rob Manfred. That's got to be it at this point. That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, Because, I mean, it, it... this guy just wouldn't know integrity if it hit him upside the head. My, my mild manner take there. <laughs> and Chris, I, I think um, the, the suspension aspect of this is is interesting because who is the Yankees pitcher? I'm trying to look it up because I, I just clicked in my head that got um, suspended a few years ago. For pine tar, who was it? Um, it wasn't Chapman, was it? It could have been. Was it Chapman? No, it wasn't. Ta- it wasn't. Oh, uh, Michael Pineda, uh, uh, Pineda, Pineda. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, Michael Pineda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who got suspended? Yeah. Uh, for having <laughs> an obvious amount of pine tar, I believe it was on his hat. No, no, it was on his neck, and it was extremely obvious. So he's not really putting a new rule out there. He's just enforcing a rule that's on the books. And to add some context to this, that that Michael Pineda uh, suspension, and 
uh, just so happens it was against the Red Sox. Uh, it happened uh, April 23rd, 2014. Chris, that's seven years ago yeah. that this happened. The Astros had an entire scandal between then and now, and nothing. And, and, wait, I believe the Red Sox had the uh, the the, I, the watch scandal, the, yep. the Apple Watch scandal. Yep. Uh, it, it, it's just it's inconsistency is what it is. And I think you've, you've pointed this out on many occasions. It's not like he's reinventing these rules as he's going along. He's just stating that he's going to enforce them. And I think case in point, um, I brought this up to you earlier today. Uh, Cause you mentioned Tyler Glasnow made some uh, comments off of his uh, now uh, he's on the injured list with the uh, partially torn UCL. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, probably going to need Tommy st- John. Well, that's not confirmed. Prob- no, not confirmed, but probably. Uh, and he states, and, and he blames Rob Manford because he's trying to make a point that he's going to suspend people. So what did, what did Tyler Glass not do? He stopped using the, I believe he, he said he used sunscreen. It uh, could have been spider tack, uh, but regardless he stopped using it. He had to, his words, uh, put the ball deeper into his hand to pitch for, a, uh, to use a fastball. And he had to dig in with his fingers uh, deeper to have some more bite on his breaking balls. And after two starts, he now has um, to go out possibly with Tommy John because he's using muscles that he hasn't had to use he had to grip harder. He had to to get more, as they say, the spin rate on their uh, on their pitches is now the the the. I don't know what how to, I don't know how to say it, but that's that's kind of the thing now is is to have spin rate and you want to get paid in in, in Major League Baseball. You got that's some of the things you have to do, and, and now they're taking away the sunscreen. The spider tech, anything they can use. But why didn't they do this years ago when Tyler Glasnow wasn't even in the league at that point in 2014? And, and not to mention going past farther. Watch, remember Clay Buckholtz? How much yep. how greasy his hair would look? Yep. Because he had it loaded up with whatever sunscreen. No, it was a bullfrog. He had bullfrog sunscreen on his in his in his hair. And he would always grab at his hair when he readjusted his hat. I mean, but Astros, crickets. Yeah, nothing, nothing. All the evidence in the world and nothing. Here's the thing. People are not going to like this. I, I can already tell. I, I already know people aren't going to like this. These sort of things have always happened in baseball. Always. It's part of the game. It's called gamesmanship. How far can you go to bend the rules, even break the rules, and not get caught. Michael Pineda, if he had a small amount of pine tar somewhere that wasn't visible, would have never gotten busted or suspended. He put it on his neck, and it was blatant. It was almost daring Major League Baseball to suspend him. That was the problem. That's why he got suspended. This this is some of the game's biggest hitters are now complaining. They're having a little bit more trouble you know, hitting the ball, and they don't know how to deal with that because, you know, as it is, you know, 300 hitters seem to be a thing of the past. If you hit above 260 now, you're you're a damn baseball deity. So, I mean, there's 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 that. Neither hit home runs or you do nothing. Um, but, I mean, hitters started to complain. So now Major League Baseball is like, well, 
I mean, we're not really interested in competition or integrity of the game. We just want people to buy tickets, and we want to make sure we're hitting these home runs. So we're going to do everything we can to make sure these pitchers don't have an upper hand. The problem is the hitters have had upper hands for years, and so have the pitchers. None of this is anything new. It's like using, uh, using uh, uh, you know, banned substances to make you bigger and stronger. Okay. Uh, no one's going to convince me Barry Bonds didn't take anything. But no one's also going to convince me that whatever he took made him hit a baseball better. You know, you can I can juice till the cows come home. <laughs> and guess what? I'm not going to be able to hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. There's no way. And if I foul one off by some sheer miracle, it's not going very far. Yeah, I put sunscreen on my hands does not make give me the ability to throw a slider from 12 to 6 or a curveball from 12 to 6. It's only a 12-6 slider if you were Francisco Rodriguez. Yes. Um it it these things just you know, everybody looks at these things and goes, "Oh, that's that's so dirty. Everything needs to be just on the up and up." Grow up. Grow up. Everything has never been on the up and up. There's always been a gray area. And as long as you're not slapping everyone in the face with it, generally, people just kind of let it go. Who was the last superstar? Super superstar. Maybe Robinson Cano, although he was kind of in the downswing of his career. Yeah. Uh, what, what He got suspended for, uh, for um, performance-enhancing drugs. Okay. You're, and I'm not saying any, any of the top, top stars are on it. I'm not saying guys like Mike Trout are on it. Uh, but you think Mike Trout's ever going to get suspended for that? Come on. If he was and he got caught, it'd be a hush-hush. Okay, whatever, Mike. Just just stop. Or, you know, next time, don't do it so close to a test. Just get real. Come on. This is this is every, you know, I'm going to bring it back to the Patriots. I'm bringing it back to the Patriots. I got to do this. I'm sorry. People want to sit there, especially people involved in the game. All these, all these players who've lost to the Patriots over the years. All the crybabies like Donovan McNabb and all these other guys who, oh, we lost to them because of Spygate. No, you lost to them because they were better than you. That's why you lost to them. Every single coach in the league is doing every single thing they can to gain an advantage at every possible second. And if you're not, you're doing it wrong. Go back to the minor leagues. I'll, I'll just say this, Chris. Um, I was... Uh, listening as as usual, I listen to Boston Sports Radio. I, I, I know it's your favorite. Just um, so angry all the time. That's my only problem. I, I, I know, I know. And they were talking about a game, a Red Sox game, a couple of days ago. Um, and I looked it up online, and and there was a video of I don't know what pitcher because some of the starting pitchers of the Red Sox, I'm clueless on who they are. It might have been Nick Pavetta, but I'm I'm not sure. And they, they noticed uh, a torn-up baseball. And when I mean torn-up, I mean like it was purposely cut. Which, that has been going on for decades. Since the since the first time a baseball was thrown. And, and, and I'll bring this up, too. Do you think uh, Sammy Sosa invented the art of corking the bat? Nope. Okay. So when that happened, and... Uh, I mean, you get caught, you get caught. But... Sammy Sosa was not the innovator of, of sticking cork inside of a, a, a bat. He, he just learned it from somebody else who learned it from somebody else. This is, you know, someone figured out that you could, uh, I, you know what I think of Chris, I think of uh, the movie major league uh, uh, 
Harris, the starting pitcher. Yep. And and he has that conversation with Ricky Vaughn first first um game of the season where he's showing him all these spots on his body where he's got different uh adhesives or 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 gels or whatever and he just uses it to get some zip on his fastball get some grip on his curveball it's been going on for years but if you're gonna throw the hammer down right now in the middle of the season what just happened to tyler glass now is just the beginning oh yeah it's 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 not gonna end especially as i pointed out to you um I was I was listening to um what the pitchers starting pitchers for the Red Sox kind of starts before the 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 Rob Manford declaration and the starts afterwards and it's like night and day because they've and this is this is again this is throughout baseball they've hinged the, their their ability to grip the ball on having whatever substance sunscreen pine tar spider tack whatever it is and i think you brought up a point uh earlier today about the the batters what they what they have this has been going on forever and it's just it's just more proof that rob manford is completely out of touch so what so let me let me because we we trash manford enough and rightfully so so if you're rob manford and you're in this position before you make a statement about what you're going to do, A, would you do what he did? And I him the answer. B, if you wouldn't do that, what would you do? Okay. Here's the thing. What I would do, I'm going to use an actual reference from my, my past, right? Yep. I used to work for a company. Not going to name the name. Just doesn't matter. And it, it, was, a, it was a smaller regional company. It wasn't a big national company. And they wanted to, even though there was no, no issues or anything of people getting hurt, they wanted to start administering random drug tests. And before they did the random drug tests, they wanted to send everyone to get tested. And there's about 30 people that worked at that plant. So, because the parent company was kind of pressuring them, you know, hey, yeah, you know, we want, we want to do this. We want to do this. Should we? So the plant manager came to the supervisor and he said, if I test these guys, how many employees do I have out of 30 when all said and done? And the supervisor looked him in the eye and said, you got about three people working for you. Wow. Now, it's nothing. Nothing. I mean, the majority of it, uh, I would just, I, I know firsthand, is just things that are legal in many, many states now. Yeah. Um, it was nothing hardcore or nefarious or anything like that. But... You know, a lot of guys, they, they'd get out of work, they'd be sore, beat up a little bit, and they'd take a couple, you know, bong hits or a couple edibles, and they, you know, just fall asleep and feel better when they wake up. If I was Manfred, I'd send out a legitimately anonymous, anonymous survey, and you see how many people answer it back. If it's legit anonymous, um, you know, and I'm not talking about anonymous through the media, which is, of course, always like, it's anonymous, wink, wink. Just a piece of paper with, do you use, do you not use? Yes. Just check. No, no indication of who you are. Nope. What team nope. you're from. Just a piece, a blank piece of paper with, check this box, check this box. And you'd That's probably fair. see that more people than you would 
a lot of people, more than a lot of people would be comfortable admitting, would say, yep, I use something because I have to grip the ball. We're out there sweating our ass off. You know, the hands get, you know, we're not allowed, we're not allowed to, you know, necessarily run our hands down the side of our pants to dry our hands off. Even something like that you could get flagged for. So what do you do? You have something, a little pine tar, you put a little bit on your fingertips. As I've said, you go ahead and anybody, anybody who wants to be a major league pitcher, go out there, put a little bit of pine tar, put a little bit of of sunscreen, put something that's going to help you grip a baseball better on your hand. And realize very quickly, it doesn't make you throw any faster in your slider or curveball or whatever you want to call what you probably throw through your garage window uh, isn't isn't a, cali- a major league caliber pitch. You still need the talent. So before you go out there and make a statement trying to be a hero, Rob, why don't you talk to your people and, and see how they feel about it? Because I bet you anything, if you're really going to stick to this, you're going to have a lot of really, really good pitchers suspended. And you're going to ruin a lot of legacies for something that's been happening since the first ball was ever thrown. And, and I would just hammer this point in because remember what happened with the Mitchell report. They did this. They did that exact thing with uh, with the testing for steroids, PEDs, and uh, they did a, a faux report on how many you know players were. They never. It was never supposed to be released who was on the list. It was just supposed to be that barometer like you just described. Yep. So I would say that report, it, it needs to be anonymous, like you just said. And it, it needs to be kept under lock and seal. I have no problem if you do something like that in secret. It's like you don't want to you don't want to put it out in the public that you're looking at it. You just want to kind of keep it behind doors until you're ready. And then when you're ready, say, hey, we, you know, we did some uh, research and we decided starting, you know, 2022 or 2023, we're going to start, you know, hammering down on on these uh, foreign substances. But due to, and this is the problem with baseball is they don't recognize their past issues. Uh, they, they just, they try to move forward, which I'm all for moving forward, but you also have to recognize the past in this instance. Absolutely. And you have to recognize, yeah, we have a lot of pitchers who use some sort of substance. So we're trying to allow them to come off of that substance of using it so that they don't have what just happened to Tyler Glasnow. I, I think that's, that's my biggest issue is, a, a stud starting pitcher who looks like he's the ace of the Tampa Bay Rays and could be in the conversation, could have been, could have been in the conversation for Cy Young is now done. Probably and for I, definitely the rest of this year, probably the whole, whole of next year as well with, with Tommy John surgery. And who knows if he'll ever get that contract that, you know, sets him up for life. You know, it, it's just, it, it's all because he, he got concerned that he was going to get suspended for using a foreign substance. So he said, you know what? Um, I'm assuming he probably had the mindset. I'm assuming everyone else is going to get on the same page and start not using it. Well, now I have to do this and I have to do this. And now I overcompensated. So now something popped and I mean, it's just like rehabbing any injury, Chris, you yeah. overcompensate for, 
an injury that you just had, and now you're going to get another injury. It's, it's unfortunate. I understand what he's trying to do, but you're, you're picking the wrong time to do it is the problem. You know what you do if you're Rob Manfred? Well, first of all, get your head out of your ass. Second of all, you go to everybody and you say, here's the deal. If we see you, wink, wink, doing anything, we're going to have to suspend you. If we see you, and make sure you say see you about three times. Right. And you and give a, give a Yeah, give a good, solid, you know, over-the-top wink while you're doing it. We're going to have to suspend you. So you better get good, like all the legends of the past, at hiding it because no, none of this on your neck or on, just on the palm of your glove isn't going to work anymore. You're going to have to do something better than that. So don't let us wink, wink, see you. And then you move on. Then you move on. That's what you do. But instead, he handles it wrong, as usual, and people are going to get hurt, which, you know, yay integrity. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. Aaron Rodgers. No, just kidding. No Aaron Rodgers this week. It's like, just joking around. <laughs> I was going to say, I never seen <laughs> Not on a rundown. No, no, no. All right. Julio Jones, legendary number 11, wide receiver of the Atlanta Falcons, now Tennessee Titans, will not wear number 11 with the Titans. This isn't really hard-hitting news. Just kind of a cool thing that A.J. Brown offered. Uh, A.J. AJ Brown, star third-year receiver for the Titans. Very, very vocal in his desire to have Julio Jones there. He told Julio, hey, you want to be the man, you can take the lead, that's fine. I love you. Please come here. You know, he was like, uh, I don't know their actual relationship off the field, but it appears they're, they've at least had some conversations in the past. Um, he, he, he offered. Because A.J. Brown is number 11 with the Titans. A.J. Brown just offered Julio Jones, hey, you want to come here? You want your number? No problem. I'll find another number. And uh, Julio declined. Julio said, no, you keep number 11. I'm going to take another number. I believe he said he's going to take number two, I think he said. Yeah, I agree um, so isn't you know this isn't really a deep dive topic. I just I thought it was cool. Uh, and AJ Brown is the type of guy you want on your team. He's not scared that Julio is going to come in and outshine him. Uh, he's confident in his ability. He's going to be AJ Brown's going to be just fine. One of the best young receivers in the game, and he's smart enough to know Julio coming in only helps the team and makes them better. So this is kind of similar to what Chris Godwin did last year with Tom Brady. Godwin was number twelve. Uh, gave it to Brady. Obviously, Brady's you know number twelve for his whole career, uh, professional career. So uh, and you know there's usually whenever a, a younger player gives a veteran player uh, you know the respect of giving them their number, there's usually a little uh, monetary bonus or maybe a car exchanged or a very expensive wristwatch or something of that nature. A thank you from the uh, the veteran to the young guy. But I just thought that was cool. Um, shows Julio is not there coming in trying to take over. Shows AJ Brown really just wants to win and just make everything as serene and, and peaceful and, and coexist with everybody as well as possible. So I thought, you know, a lot of times we report on things such as Le'Veon Bell, which we'll get to later on, uh, that isn't necessarily so good and um, not an example of what you shouldn't do. That I think it's cool to see a, a young guy paying respect to a veteran and, and, you know, offering up his number. Yeah, very cool move. Very cool. Um, it, it does build a little bit of chemistry between the two of them. I think uh, AJ Brown kind of is patterning his game after um, Julio Jones is why 
Uh, he looks up to him so much, which is obvious because they're kind of built the same. And I mean, if if there's a receiver that you want to look at, look up to, I mean, Julio Jones is kind of the the kind of guy you want to look look up to because he's just consistently year in and year out on the field, whether he's injured or not. He's he's pretty unless he's like seriously injured, he's on the field. So it, it, I, I, the only thing. It's nothing to do with the, the the number swap or not number swap. It's just the only concern is how the offense evolves. And I think we've talked about that before. So I don't think we need to rehash that. But, you know, that's the only concern I have about the Titans this, coming into this year is just how that offense clicks and how it um, mends with the, the run-first mentality. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I think they're going to work that out and be just fine. Mike Vrabel seems to have a really good handle on his team down there. So, uh, yeah. And Julio is absolutely the kind of guy you want to pattern yourself after if you're a young receiver, great player, incredibly talented. And, you know, yeah, he'll miss some practices cause he's banged up during the week, but 90% of the time game day, he's, he's on the field ready to play. All right. A little bit of unfortunate news. Uh, Former NFL head coach, uh, and I believe college coach as well, Jim Fossil, passed away last week at age 71, or er- earlier this week. It might have been over the weekend. I'm, I'm, I hate to sound, uh, uh, I don't mean this to sound cold. I don't, I honestly forgot what day it was, but I know it was recently, within the last few days. Um, died of a heart attack at his home. Uh, he was the 1997, I believe, NFL Coach of the Year, and he infamously guaranteed the Giants to make the playoffs after they had a very poor start. And they not only did that, they made it to the Super Bowl before eventually losing to the insane Ravens defense and um, Trent Dilfer. So, uh, you know, it, it's very sad. Um, you know, because, you know, he wasn't, not like he's one of the all-time great coaches, but he was, players seemed to really like him, and he always had his players back. So it's it's just, uh, it's always unfortunate when you see, somebody you watch coaching growing up, um, you know, move on, pass pass away. So, yeah, he's not like one of those coaches you remember, like, uh, you know, Denny green with his, one of his moments or one of these other coaches, they had moments of that. You just kind of take a snapshot and remember Jim fossil was a, a solid coach. Um, Mostly for the Giants, I don't remember him really being with anybody else. Um, but he's a solid coach, and, you know, he unfortunately never got a Super Bowl ring. But, you know, just sad to see him go. Um, I don't remember I don't remember which day it was either, but I know, I'm pretty sure it was over the weekend. I, I believe it was the weekend, flashed yeah. Flashed over. Uh, it's just, just a, a loss for the NFL community and uh hopefully uh his family uh can mourn in peace and, and mm-hmm. our thoughts and prayers are with him rest in peace coach fossil all right oh man Le'Veon bell besides former uh, uh you know steelers teammate antonio brown i have never seen a quicker fall from grace from the upper echelon to just what the hell happened uh, and even Antonio Brown came back and contributed to a Super Bowl winning team, which Bell 
tried to ride the coattails of last year, but it did not work. Um, <laughs> for whatever reason, unknown, last week, he came out and said he would retire rather than play for Coach Andy Reid ever again, which I don't think the Chiefs want him or need him, so I don't think that's a concern. Gave no reason. Just said later on, a couple days later, that he stood by his comments. Uh, Tyron Matthew, never never one to shy away from uh, his uh, being opinionated, uh, said him pretty straight, pretty quick. And he said of Bell's comments, these fellas will blame everyone for their lack of success. To which I don't think Le'Veon commented back. And if if he did, he may want to make sure he, uh, he you know, checks his uh, ego at the door because, uh, you know, Tyron Matthew is not known for being a light hitter. And if, if anybody is unfortunate enough to have an attitude like Le'Veon Bell on their team and uh, Matthew plays him, he'll, he's going to lay his ass out. So, I think that I think this just simply comes from all the way back when he decided to sit out with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just I just felt, and I'm and we can pull. We can pull audio of exactly what I said, but I'm pretty sure I, I some conceptually of uh, I thought this was going to affect the rest of his career that he sat out. And I understood that he could be fresher for the first year with the Jets, but it's simply he just never knocked the rust off or some sort of injury happened. Uh, that he never disclosed, did never recover from. Obviously, uh, your favorite guy uh, in the world, Adam Gase, never figured out how to use Le'Veon Bell. God, he's so bad. He's the he is the coach you want. Rob Manfred is the commissioner. Like if Lev Bell said that about Adam Gase, I don't think anyone would come to his uh, to Adam Gase's defense. No, absolutely not. But I don't think Andy Reid's the right one to really kind of say this stuff about unless there's something he won't come out and say now but let's just wait until Le'Veon Bell's actually done playing football and there might be something to be said after that but if I'm Le'Veon Bell I might be more concerned about if I'm going to play it all this year because we're in OTAs uh, and I don't believe he signed a contract yet so he no, just, for this exact might... reason. For this exact reason. He sat out during his prime to try to prove a point, and it ended up biting him in the ass. Uh, he bet on himself, and he busted. And he didn't get the, the big upfront money he thought he was going to get, and he was happy with the money he got from the Jets, supposedly. Uh, and clearly, he didn't, he didn't cash in right. And it might have just been, you know... He, the problem here's the problem is you look at someone like Darrell Rivas. The guy cashed in multiple times and he played his cards right and he played the system right and he was able to extract as much money as he could out of each franchise. And lucky for him, and I guess lucky for Le'Veon Bell, the Jets were there to just hand over a, a boatload of money to each player. Unfortunately for Le'Veon, he didn't quite get the amount of money he should have gotten as a premier running back at his age. He didn't get the, I don't believe it was comparable to Derrick Henry's contract. He didn't get, you know, the Alvin Kamara, the 
CMC contract, the Zeke Elliott contract. And it's just a miss on his part. And I can understand him wanting to get top value for his production. But it, it, the chips didn't fall with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to hardline you. They're going to put you at a number. And the position you play, they're going to they're going to say, this is how much we're going to pay you. Uh, I believe he, f- he signed a free agent contract with the Jets, if I'm correct, right? Yes. It was like so four he, years for – like four for 52, I think, with like 20-something 20, so 20 guaranteed. He chose the Jets. Yep. He actively chose the Jets. And then he actively chose to go to the Chiefs. So the choices you made is where you're at right now. And you can be angry at Andy Reid all you want. Maybe he promised him a ring, promised him more touches. It's probably, honestly, Chris, if we're looking at it, it's probably not the Super Bowl ring he's missing out on. It's the fact that he didn't get enough touches to accumulate enough stats to justify to a team a two-year, three-year contract worth you know, $10, 12000000 million. That's his problem. And I think he just needs to look at a team and say, where can I go that I can get some touches that I can prove myself so I can get one last contract. And I just don't, I don't see it out there. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. He's not going to go anywhere and be a primary back. He's not going to go anywhere. Honestly, and make a huge impact, like sitting out an entire year in your prime. Imagine this, especially a year and a half after tearing your ACL wasn't the smartest move. And he chose a team that couldn't block for him running, didn't have a solid quarterback, didn't have a good coach or game plan. I mean, Adam Gase was the coach when he signed, and Adam Gase acted like he didn't want him to begin with. So, I mean, which, you know, Adam Gase and having his head up his ass, I mean, it goes together like peanut butter and jelly. But, I, you know, it's no part of how this guy has handled himself or his career is how any young player should handle themselves. If you want to see how not to act and how not to define your legacy, watch Le'Veon Bell. Watch what he's done during this last three to four years. And if he's mad at Andy Reid because Reid promised him a ring, grow up. Nobody can promise you a ring. The Chiefs were not guaranteed to win. They had a hell of a chance, which is the entire reason Le'Veon Bell went there. He wanted a ring because he wanted to be able to look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and go, ooh, look what I did without you. That was it. So he chose the best team that would take a look at him. And they didn't win. And I remember reports coming out after he signed with the Chiefs uh, saying how, oh, he he had called and uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and he talked to him. And, you know, they they had worked it out where, you know, he, he knew he'd be the backup and Alaire was the primary guy. And he knew he was only going to get so many touches. He just wanted to come in and be a good teammate and help him win. And you knew that was nonsense if you ever heard anything Le'Veon Bell said. So, good luck finding anybody who's going to put up with your nonsense, Le'Veon. You have absolutely done everything possible to make every team see you and run the other direction. And the irony, Chris, the New York Jets right this minute would be better suited to have Le'Veon Bell the first year he signed with the yeah. Jets. Yep. And unfortunately, they couldn't 
and and I don't blame Le'Veon Bell for the 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 shit show in in New York. That oh, is no, no, yeah, no, a that's thousand that's... percent on one person. <laughs> yeah, Adam Gase. He screwed it up. He screwed up the whole offensive system. He screwed up Sam Darnold. He screwed up Le'Veon Bell. You you go down the list. Robbie Anderson. Every offensive player. He knows where Jimmy Hoff was buried. He's responsible for a Nino. He, uh, uh, he stole the money with D.B. Cooper, you know. Uh, Kennedy assassination. Yeah. You know, the, yep. the Mars landing, all that. That's what. That's, well, no, the Mars landing is actually cool. Like, he wasn't part of that. You know, you don't know. It's Adam Gase. No, if it's cool, it's not Adam Gase. We know that. But the point is, I think a Le'Veon Bell with that skill set at that point would be perfect with, you know, Mekhi Becton, the guard they, they, they drafted, uh, Obviously, Kyle Wilson, whatever he's going to be, he is more athletic talent than Sam Darnold will ever be. And obviously, we're both high on uh, Robert Sala and, and his his uh, defensive mindset. And I just think it, it's a shame that, that there's bad taste because he would be a perfect fit for the New York Jets right now. Wait, wait, hold uh, on a minute. You're burying, you're burying the lead there for a second. You're saying Zach Wilson right now is going to be better than Sam Darnold in Carolina. No, I'm saying Zach Wilson will be better than what Sam Darnold has been in the past three seasons. Oh, in New York? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know what the, – the Carolina Panthers, I am not sure about what they're going to be. I, I got to see them on the field first. I got to see what they are. Right. Well, no, I only know you said you thought Zach Wilson would end up being a bust, so I'm like – Yes. I, 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 I agree that absolutely Darnold was mismanaged horribly in New York. When, you know, getting Mono didn't help him either, which is on him. No, not that he wanted to, but he did. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just I was just like – I thought you were saying, like, even though uh, Wilson's going to be – you think he's going to be a bust, that Darnold is already, like, done and should just hang it up. I, thought that's what, I, I just understood what you were think, saying there. I think Kyle Wilson has more athletic talent right now than – Sam Darnold ever had in his career with the Jets, which will give him an edge and adding a Le'Veon Bell in that prime um, of his career would benefit both players. But unfortunately well, the time timing is bad. Donovan McNabb had more athletic talent than Tom Brady will ever have either. And look, you know, look where we are. So true, true, true. But uh, for, for, for Le'Veon Bell, he might want to just, Hopefully someone calls him and says, "Hey, you know, we have a backup role for you." Otherwise, yeah, he might he might end up retiring because no, let him be bitter. Let him let him be the best player in the XFL when he starts up again. And, and here's the irony, Chris: is someone like Adrian Peterson, who's got a Hall of Fame career and still rolling on. You know, he had to take a backup role and and was able to, for at least a couple of years, fish out a, a starting role with a couple of different teams. I think something could happen in whatever team he goes on and, and, and it could work out for him. Maybe a Seattle Seahawks could utilize his talent for, you know, veteran minimum. I mean, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would like to have him because that would pacify uh, his, his crybaby attitude. But I, My I, God, he has, I doubt it. He has A.J. Uh, Dillon, also uh, known as Quadzilla. Which is funny. He named his, his legs the Quadzilla and the Quadfather, which is freaking hilarious to me. And Aaron Jones, arguably, potentially, the best one-two running back punch in the league, and he's still not happy. No, that won't make him happy. You have Gale Sayers in his prime come back and play for the Packers, and, and Rodgers still wouldn't be happy. 
No Rodgers. I just said no Rodgers. Sorry. No, no, not, not for you, for me. For me. You can talk about whatever you choose to. Uh, no Rodgers for me. I don't, <laughs> I, my, my opinions are Rodgers free zone this week. Nah. All okay. right. That's fair. You, That's fair. You all set with Le'Veon? Yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to <laughs> so, stuff. So is the NFL. <laughs> all right. Stephon Gilmore is going to skip Patriots minicamp. Uh, this isn't, honestly, I don't really think that's much of a surprise. Uh, most feel, uh, both on the team and off, that it's because he is seeking an extension. Kind of saw this coming. Uh, his his thing is his perceived pay increase last year. They they gave him an extra five million dollars. It was, uh, if I'm understanding this right, it was really just a conversion of some potential bonus money from this upcoming year. So he's not he actually didn't make more last year. He just made some of his potential 2021 salary last yeah. season as a guarantee. So he's actually probably going to make about five million dollars less than he would have when his contract was signed because of last season this year. So it's really no surprise that he's, you know, sitting out. Um, you know, he hasn't bad-mouthed the team. The team hasn't bad-mouthed him at all. And it's, it's not unusual for a star player to sit out of uh, of camp. Um, you know, so that happens. Or, if, you know, you're, you're kind of in the middle of a contract. Not dispute, but extension conversation. Right. Uh, to kind of sit out. Um, because realistically, if you get hurt in minicamp and you want an extension, you're probably not going to get it. So, you know, I think he's still young, can play at a high level. Uh, I'd love to see the Pats give him an extension, especially with J.C. Jackson, the way he's played the last couple seasons, and some of the other guys like Kyle Duggar they have up and coming. Uh, I'd be very excited to see them give him an extension. I don't want a five- or six-year deal, which wouldn't happen anyways because corners can fall off kind of quick, as can anybody in the NFL. True. Um, Could also turn into Dell Green. Could, who was a extremely, extremely talented corner for about two decades plus. Yes. So uh, my, my question to you is, yep. you know, again, unlike some people, Gilmore's not bad mouth on the team, kind of taking the Julio Jones approach, although uh, he hasn't said he's out of there or anything. It's there's some thought the Pats were shopping him in the offseason, even around a the draft. Right. They apparently have denied that. Um, so... Extension could happen. It might not. If it doesn't, you'll probably see him get traded. I don't see them outright releasing him. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, should the Patriots extend him? And if they do, for how long? I know my opinion, but I'm curious what you think. Well, so he, he's on the books for 16.9, I believe. But his, like you said, his payout this year is only going to be... Uh, seven and a half, I believe I saw it was. So that's the that's the sticking point. It's because he got that money last year, like you said. Um, and I think it's fair for him to come out or not come out and say it, but fair for him to make a stance that he's not going to pay for he's not going to play for seven and a half, seven point nine, whatever the dollar amount is, uh, to be an upper echelon, top level corner, and where some mediocre at best are getting double digit figures especially some of them getting re you know new contracts Jalen Ramsey got a new contract um who am I forgetting uh Tredavious White getting a new contract and uh uh Byron Byron Jones yeah Byron yes. Jones yep. signed with the um, with Miami Dolphins which by the way were burying uh a semi lead to pair with Stefan Gilmore that 
Xavier Howard is not reporting for uh, similar reasons. And he just signed, I guess he signed an extension last year and he wants to pay or uh, the year before. And he wants to pay bump too because of all the contracts. So to, to get to your question, I'd give him a four year. Uh, obviously he's not making it four years, but I give him four years, uh, top level dollars, make the money work. You structured your salary cap purposely to stagger money. You do have money coming off the books. Uh, Dante is not long for the team. I don't think. No, I wouldn't think Kyle so. Van Noy is not crazy money and whatever money he's making, it's not going to be, uh, not going to inhibit their ability to pay Stefan Gilmore and cams only on a one year deal. If we look, we don't need to read the tea leaves to look at what they're going to try to do, Chris. They drafted a first-round quarterback. Yeah. If it's not this year, it's next year. Who, by the way, is looking pretty good in minicamp right now. And I'll say this about minicamp. If you, you know, players look good, it's it's minicamp. But players look bad, it's minicamp. So... Yeah, I mean that is that doesn't, certainly doesn't mean anything. Some guys just yeah, never, never just, play, some guys never play well in the preseason, and they're studs in the regular season. So right. it'll all be made to be seen. But it's you know it's promising. Yeah, I, I would definitely give him a four year deal to to get him into camp because here's yep. the thing: as good as JC was it was last year, when Stefan was not in, there was issues. He's good. He's got good ball skills because I think he led the league in interceptions either last year or the year before. He's opportunistic. He's in. It seems like J.C. Jackson's in the right spot, similar to Deron Harmon. It seemed like every time Deron Harmon was on the field, he got an interception until he got traded to the Detroit Lions and mm-hmm. then proceeded to do nothing. Um, I just don't know if I trust J.C. at this point to be a starting number one corner. And who's going to be the number two? It's not Jonathan Jones. JoJo Williams hasn't produced much or gotten much opportunity. And Jason McCordy's gone. So this is the problem. Bring Who's... Malcolm Butler back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, anything's on the table, Chris. I, I just I just I think it's I think they'll get the deal done. I just think it's prudent for them to make sure because of the work they did on the front seven. Because of the work they did on the offense, it'd be a shame to just say, oh, let's cheapen out on Stefan Gilmore. Right. And trade him away. Uh, we'll make the deep, we'll make the secondary work. You're already going young at one safety position. And how much longer Devin McCourty has in the tank remains to be seen. You know, maybe he's got two, three, four more seasons. Or maybe he's got one. You know, he's talked about many off seasons that miss might be it. Um, and now his brother's not there anymore. So it's just concerning that if the Patriots go into the season with minus Stefan Gilmore, I just the cornerback position is vulnerable, mm-hmm. especially with the the big boys up front that they made the moves for and then obviously the big free agent move of Matthew Judon the pass rush is going to be different 
And I think it, it might cause more pressure, which will put JC Jackson, Jonathan Jones, and if Stefan's in in the fold, Stefan Gilmore in better positions to rack up some stats because the only the only reason why JC has more interceptions uh, each season than Stefan is because who's going to throw the ball to Stefan Gilmore? Exactly right. Well, it's like uh, you know last year when we were talking about the draft. We were talking about Jeff Okuda, and he said he had two interceptions in college, or maybe this is senior year. Right. And I'm like two for a guy who could be a top five pick, and you're like, well, yeah, nobody throws the ball to him. Because he's a damn ball hawk. And say, like, oh, well, that makes sense. Sometimes the better you are, the lower your stats are because nobody wants to throw it your direction. That's why it took so long for Charles Woodson to get up on the, the top list of interceptions. Because mm-hmm. they just, for, for many, many years, they just were not going to throw on the ball. And then they moved him to free safety and and played some nickel. And then and obviously he, he garnered more interceptions. But, you know, that's, that's why there were cases where Darrell Rivas was – not even close to top 10 in interceptions because nobody's going to throw him the ball. Yep. You have to be dumb to throw it to Revis Island. That That's literally one in one, one iteration of, of a lockdown corner in the past like three decades. And it's a very rare occasion. And and, and you and you um, and we can get in this. We've got. I think we've gotten this discussion about Richard uh, Richard Sherman. It is a whole other, a whole different case of of lockdown corner because Darrell Revis was the real deal. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I, I would just pay him. I don't know about you. I would pay him. No, I would. I would. I, absolutely. I was going to say I'd give him. I'd give him. Uh, you know, I'd give him. I'd alter it so starting this year he makes a little bit more and then yeah. add another three years on to it. It's give him another four year deal. I don't know if I'd go four year extension past this year. But I mean, if it's team friendly, I may as well. He's still young enough and I mean he's you know, he's had some injuries here and there, but nothing like career altering. I then think he'll be just fine. He's in good shape. He's a hell of a player. And he's great for the team. So I, I don't I see absolutely no reason why they shouldn't extend this guy. Don't mess with it. You did so much work in the offseason. You did the right thing and drafted a quarterback. Supposedly, Cam is looking great. Mac Jones is looking good. Um, you know, even Stidham has a fire under his ass. Whether that matters or not, I don't. I probably it doesn't. not realistically. It, it doesn't. But well, I mean, and Tom Brady was never going to start in New England after Bledsoe signed that contract. So you never know. But more than likely, no. Uh, but yeah, there's no reason to get cheap now with an elite player. Uh, I know Jalen Ramsey's trying to recruit him to the uh, the Rams. Said, "Hey, what do you think about playing? Uh, you and I playing side by side? Something like that." I'm paraphrasing, but essentially it was, you know, try to get a trade over here. Love to play next to you, but um, that's but it's actually, actually actually good to see because uh, you know two of them had a little bit of a, a social media war a few years back. Well, not war, but had some words with one another. So it's good to see that uh, you know at least they patched that up. That's cool. Yeah, and and. I, I just I just look at it as yeah, Stefan Gilmer's twenty six years old. I don't see why I yeah. agree with you. I don't see why he can't garner a, a, a brand new contract uh, to to you know put him at the upper. I mean, he's he belongs there. He's an upper echelon corner. He belongs to be paid like one. I mean, that's let's be honest. We're gonna call it what it is. He's sixth 
in, in, in total value, but you know, AAV, which is, which is what they all look at is AAV and he's at a way out, well out of the top 10 because his, his contract is older than all the other ones. So that's why he needs to, I, I think they extend him. And then they extend him. Um, I, I don't think it gets a Byron Jones deal. Byron Jones got five and 82.5 last off season. I don't think that's realistic. No, probably not. But I, I think they'll make it happen. They're going to, yeah, I mean, they have cap room still. They are going to have, uh, you know, more cap room going into next season. So they can definitely afford to, to, to lock this guy down, even if they make it more, you know, they'll make it more bonus money coming out of the extension. That way they pay him very little under the cap this year. So that'll, that'll make it work. That's how, you know, that's how the Chiefs were able to sign all the guys they were last year. You know, a lot of bonus money, very little actually hit, hit the cap. So they definitely, I'd love to see it. I'd, hate, I'd be ashamed to see a talented guy at 26 go somewhere else because they wanted to pay everybody else and not someone who's been just, a solid player for years. It just doesn't make sense with the amount of money they spent in this offseason and the fact that they are not paying a quarterback high, high money. Right. You're, you're just not. I mean, collectively, they're pro- Collectively, between the four quarterbacks, they're probably paying around a top 15 quarterback, maybe a top 20. But, you know, one of those is going to be gone, guaranteed. And I'm not worried about Cam because if he's a starter this year, so what? He won't be next year. It'll probably be Mac Jones. And then Cam moves on. You have that do- those dollars back. You have – probably at some point, like I said, Hightower is probably going to move on uh, with retirement because he is up there and middle linebackers don't seem to last as long as other positions. And I think there's other players that you'll see move on. And I think this is one player that should not. I think this is a guy that you should want to keep hold in the Patriots system for as long as you can, because his ball skills would almost seem to translate to where he can move to free safety. Yep. Especially in a Patriot system where they don't really have that strong safety, free safety kind of uh, denotation. It's more like just safety. And they play a lot of three safeties. So I, I can see him having a long career in this Patriot system just because of the way they play and the amount of talent they just brought in via the draft and free agency. I hope so. Defense is so much more enjoyable to watch when you have a dominant corner. It really is. I, and I've they always, know what that, that way. Yeah. And they know what that's like, Chris, they had, uh, it was the transition from after Ty law. No, after Asante left and before they got a keep to leave, there was that gap. And it was just a bunch of shit. And then when coming in hot, and then when it, when it when Darrell Revis left, it was what one season, and they got yep. They they knew because they knew. There's yeah, one position. Yeah, Bel- yeah Belichick, Belichick's defense, and I mean it feels kind of dumb to say because just about every defense, yeah, just runs better when you have a dominant corner you know can lock down part of the field, right. But it's also identifying that proper corner. And what did he do? 
first day of free agency, he said, here, Stefan, here's the money. Yeah, it was and a I, record I, I, time, too. That's the last time he spent money real quick. It was like, like almost like, I think it was that morning, like as soon as he was able to. Yeah. But after I mean, the legal tampering period ended, it was like, okay, Stefan Gilmore, five-year deal. I mean, Matthew Judon wasn't too much after, but, I mean, it wasn't even close. It was, like, almost immediate. And I, I just think he... <laughs> These came in more rapid succession, but, yeah, yes. that year was right away, like, yeah. right away. And I think I think he just identifies a, a specific need when the time comes, and I think that was the right call. And I think at this point, this is a tipping point where you don't have what you think would be a top-tier corner in J.C. Jackson... Jonathan Jones, Joe John Williams is definitely not a top top corner. At least I think JC Jackson will be. I really do. But I, I just think he needs he needs a good compliment on the other side. Sure. To continue to develop. Because you can't Jonathan Jones is a nickel corner. Sorry to get deep into the Patriots secondary, but he, Jonathan Jones is a nickel corner. And Joe Juan hasn't proved enough on this on the field yet to show that he's worth sticking out on an island. And there's occasions where he's where a Patriot corner has to man up on a on a wide receiver, and I, I just don't know if they're there yet. Well, our last topic, pretty quick. Um, we have to say a fond farewell to Gardner Minshew's mullet. Oh, it's a sad sad day, sad day for hair connoisseurs everywhere. Uh, I assume he cut it out for charity. I don't know that. But, you know, he had the mustache, and then in the offseason, he grew a full beard. He had the mullet, and he cut that off. Um, he doesn't look so much like Joe Dirt's illegitimate son anymore. So, I mean, he's dangerously He's getting dangerously close to looking like he doesn't belong on a People of Walmart website. So he, he's going to, you know, I mean. I would just say... I mean, it's 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 news. I'll say that it's not not really. It was some, news. I just no. I I threw it in there as like a funny little way to end it because it's uh, news. I, don't know, I, I saw it. What it was? It was on. Uh, I turned my Bleacher Report app, and apparently, it was noteworthy of a notification for some reason. So take that for what it's worth. It's news. I'll say that it's news. Of all the stories I heard around the NFL this week, it was definitely one of them. I'll just close on. <laughs> I'll, I'll just close on that. So, R.I.P. Minshew's, uh, you know, Minshew's mullet. Uh, you gone before you were fully appreciated. Anything else? Uh, I'm all set. All right, that is going to do it for episode 133. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports related at all ben and i'd love to hear from you and where can they get in touch with us well you can hit us up on twitter that's at bcts pod facebook ben and chris talk sports or the website bctspod.com download still doing very well we greatly appreciate it if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast and leave a rating and a review tell a friend about the show help us spread the word we really appreciate that for ben i am chris please stay safe stay healthy and we will see you right back here sometime next wednesday thank you